Welcome to the Aurora Cornerstone Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope today's message is an encouragement to you. If you lived back at the moment of the crucifixion, it was a sad day. Uh, It's both tragic and celebratory. Tragic in that my sins, your sins, the sins of the people required an innocent man to die. And just not death, you know, it's appointed unto man to die, but that he would die so horrifically. Uh, we were on the, coming on the way in and talking about different video clips that are out there and available. And, and some of you maybe years ago, this would be probably now 15, 16 years ago, the Passion of the Christ that Mel Gibson put together. That was horrific, horrific. And the picture was, this was not, you know, an easy-peasy death, put him away. This was a torturesome death. That's tragic. But the part that we celebrate is that because of it, my sins have been forgiven. We were just, as worshiping, uh, before he you all came this morning. We were just singing an old song, just a little chorus part. Oh, the blood of Jesus that washes white as snow. Oh, the blood of Jesus has washed my sins away. Today I want to talk regarding the story around the crucifixion. I'm not going to go through the story. That's why we did that cartoon clip. But the story of Luke chapter 22 is where I would invite you to go. This has already been where Jesus has been taken. He has been tried. He has been determined that he is guilty, wrongfully. He has been taken to the cross, crucified. He dies. The sky darkens. The earth shakes. The veil in the temple is rent in two. Uh, Then three days later, Sunday, the grave is empty. He rises from the dead. And he now exposes his risen state to 500 people in the days that would follow the resurrection of Christ. Today we want to focus specifically on a moment of the trial. And we're going to pick it up in Luke chapter 23. I invite you to read along. Verse 13, we're going to pick it up. Follow along with me. This is around Pilate. Verse 13. Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, and said to them, You brought me this man as one who was inciting the people to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him. Neither has Herod For he has sent him back to us, as you can see. He has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and then release him. Now you think the story, it would have been really good if it just ended right there. With one voice, verse 18, they cried out, Away with this man! Release Barabbas to us! In brackets 19, Barabbas had been thrown in prison for insurrection in the city and murder. He's a murderer. We pick it up again, verse 20. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again. Verse 21. 
But they kept shouting, crucify him, crucify him. When they mention it twice, it means it's ongoing. Crucify him. They just kept shouting, crucify him. Verse 22. For the, how many times? Third time, Pilate spoke to them. Why? What crime has this man committed? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished and then released. 23. But with loud, loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified. And here it goes. And their shouts prevailed, verse 24. So Pilate decided to grant their demand. Can't say Pilate didn't try. Can't say he didn't try. Tried to have Jesus released. But in the final analysis, he caved in and walked away. A poet once wrote these words. Of all the words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these, it might have been. Of all the words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these, it might have been. And if that is true, I think probably the most saddest of all words is the word almost. Today, the topic as I was reflecting of what to share today, almost. Almost. We've, we know that word. We know what that means. Almost. Almost speaks of aborted opportunities. Almost is missed chances. We, almost. As long as this world exists, almost will continue to dot the pages of human history. Almost. I have to wonder what the political and world scenes today, decisions we are making today in our country and around the world, what almost is going to do. We almost. A lot could have been averted in previous world wars if almost hadn't played such a huge part. I almost climbed that summit. We almost reached our goal. I almost closed the deal. We almost got there in time. Here's the point, I guess. We've all had the almost experience. Almost is a part of our lives. It's our history. And I suppose probably the most infamous almoster might be Pilate. Because he almost released Jesus. Pilate almost lowered the gavel and said, not guilty, and walked away. He almost said, I dismiss all the charges because this man is innocent. Pilate almost set Jesus free. It was a sham. The whole trial was a sham. The whole conviction was a sham. Pilate knows that. He's not stupid. And if Pilate had set him free, if Pilate had stood for what he was meant to stand for, if he hadn't simply succumbed to the almost, what a change that would have made of our perception of Pilate today. I read back here a while ago, and right now Pastor Brett's reading the book, and it's a, a book that's written on 
the historical life of what Pilate would have lived. It was taking you back into the Roman times. How Pilate was, where, where he would have been raised. And the little bit of information we have of Pilate and a lot of information we have in history of the times that Pilate lived, we understand something of Rome. We understand of the emperor. We understand of the times of Pilate. How he came into power. The time, who was before him in Palestine. Pilate, what his position was in Palestine. What he did in Palestine to the Jewish people. Why the people, some people loved him and some people absolutely hated him. And the book talks about the person of Pilate. And it was a very interesting, fascinating book. It riveted me as I, it gave me a, a culture, a manner, and customs. A, a, a context around this man, Pilate. Pilate was no pushover. He was a man who got to his place because he was a man of blood. Rome ruled by blood. And Palestine was under the territory of Rome. And what Rome did to make sure there was no insurrection, no treason against Rome, they placed a representative, a capable representative. We might call them an ambassador, but they were more than an ambassador. They had all the power... Of Rome. They had to prove themselves. They were a military person. They proved themselves in military exploits, and Pilate had. He was no young buck out of school sent off to Palestine. Palestine was somewhat of a threat to Rome. They were one of the territories that Rome had to keep a careful eye on. So they put one of their best men in place, a strong man, a political man, a soldier, a warrior, a man who took no nonsense. Pilate was the man. Pilate was, he wasn't afraid to shed blood if he needed to shed blood. He wasn't afraid to flex Rome's muscles if he needed to. And I just think that how our perception would have changed of Pilate had he not had an almost experience. Why, we might have called him today Saint Pilate. Instead of when we think of Pilate, it's usually not with good thoughts. When I visited Israel, there's places where they want to put uh, things up in memory of Pilate. And even to this day, people do not want to put anything in memory up of Pilate. Because his name has such a distaste to it in Israel to this day. He almost set Jesus free. But he didn't. He could have. He wore the ring. He had the authority. His voice carried all the authority of Rome. He could have, but he didn't. He almost did. Verse 23 says, But with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified, and their shouts prevailed, so Pilate decided to grant their demand. And in that, Jesus was beaten and crucified. Pilate listened to the voices of the crowd. He ultimately listened to the people. I don't know if this is going to come as a surprise, but democracy does not always work. He ultimately listened to the voices of the people. And Jesus was crucified. I guess we could maybe even say he listened to the voices of evil that day. Would that be fair? He listens to the voices of evil that day. You know the voice. I know the voice. It's the voice that tells you, go ahead and do it. No one sees. 
It's the voice that tells you that everybody does that. Don't worry about it. It's the voice that tells you you don't have to stand out from the rest. You can, you can just go along with them. It's the voice that tells you you can just take a little of this. It's okay. You can just do this a little bit. It hurts no one else. It's your, it's your privilege and right. You're an adult. You can get away with it. It's the voice that we hear. All of us hear the voice. It's the same voice that speaks to us. The voice that beckons the path that we shouldn't go. Pilate didn't have to listen to those voices. They weren't the only voices in Pilate's life. There were other voices. I think of at least there was a couple of voices. First of all, he could have listened to his wife's voice. And all the wives here say, amen. Amen. Okay. He could have listened to his wife's voice. She sent him a note during the trial, and the note said this, Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. Don't have anything to do with him. And note the part, innocent man. Matthew 27, 19. He could have listened to her voice. There was another voice in his life. It just wasn't all the crowd. There was somebody saying, don't do it. He's innocent. Don't do it. He almost did. (laughs) Secondly, he could have listened even just to his own voice. You can't help but realize three times he tried. He could have listened to his own voice. His own conscience was screaming at him, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. His own voice. I mean, again, he knew. He knew what was going on. He knew that Annas and Sapphira and the chief priests were utterly and absolutely corrupt. He knew that. He knew they were greedy. He knew this whole thing was a sham. He knew it. He knew they were lying about Jesus. He knew there was no justification for what they were doing, let alone a death sentence. He even said that. And he could have listened to his own voice of reason and common sense. He almost did. He almost did. But he didn't. Pilate is not the only one today who plays the games of the almost. There are those that today are playing a game of almost. And if we don't put that out, then I think we fail at Good Friday. It's not just a time to do a teaching of what happened on that day 2,000 years ago. It's to understand understand some lessons that we need to grab out of that. And there's a huge almost in the middle of Good Friday. We know Jesus had to go to the cross. We knew it was God's ultimate plan that he would lay down his life. But let's not forget the place that in our lives today, we are facing decisions and choices, the almost, that actually don't make it to the end. The things that we have stepped away from. You know, Pastor Wayne, I almost made the decision today to turn my life fully over to Christ. Almost. I almost took the invitation to surrender my life seriously. I almost said, here I am, Lord, use me. I almost did. I almost did. But the Bible very clearly teaches that ultimately in God's courts, almost don't work. There is no almost heaven. There's no almost heaven. And there is no almost hell. There is no almost in the final plan that God has. And Pilate's tragedy is too often our tragedy. Almost.
I want to talk about a second person. We're just going to pause, Pilate. We're going to go to a second person around this scene. As the scene began to unfold, there was another person that was at this juncture of the story. His name was Barabbas. And I want to use Barabbas as the second and last illustration of almost because Barabbas almost went to the cross that day. He almost went to the cross. Just minutes before the crucifixion, Barabbas gets a get-out-of-jail-free card. He almost went to the cross, but he actually gets to go free that day, Barabbas. I want you just to hone in maybe a moment on Barabbas. So his name, first of all, Barabbas. Barabbas, Barabbas, two word, bar, son, Abbas, speaks of uh, father, Abba. So the son of Abba, but not just the son of a father, but it's meant they believe that he was the son of a rabbi, which makes it even more heinous that he was a murderer. He had been guilty, proven guilty. I mean, this was not a scam around him. He was proven guilty over and over again of crimes against the government, crimes against the people, crimes against the neighbors. He was a murderer and an insurrectionist. He was guilty, no question. He knew he was guilty. The people knew he was guilty. It was a, a, a clear case. He was in a place called the prisoner holding tank. He had already been tried. He had already been sentenced. He was awaiting, if you, they call it today the death row. You're on death row. And he would have received his last meal. They believe it was either a holding cell or it could have been a hole type holding cell situation. We don't know. But he was in this holding. They called it the prisoner holding tank. It was a fortress of Antonia, the ancient section of Jerusalem where Barabbas was being held. He, in a matter of minutes, is going to go to the cross. He is being held prisoner until that moment. Now, just pause frame. There's Barabbas. The holding cell over here, and it's just a few hundred meters from where he is. They call it the place of the pavement. And the place of the pavement is where the courtyard is, where Pilate brought Jesus out before the people, the place of the pavement. And Pilate asked those three questions, made comment at the place of the pavement. And here, Pilate would parade Jesus out into the courtyard out of the outside palace fortress where judgment ultimately is passed. A few hundred meters from Barabbas. Barabbas is in the holding. He's already been sentenced. And Barabbas could hear from there. It's just a few hundred meters. He could hear the angry mob. There's a mob over here. He can hear them. He can't see them. He can hear them. Short distance away. I want you to imagine. I was thinking about this. I don't think it's too, too far from my imagination having grabbed a hold of this. I'm going to just share Barabbas in this dark hold, holding cell, fortress, awaiting execution. The third cross is meant for him. He knows. He's in his last minutes. He's in his cell. He's whatever condition. He's anxiously, probably pacing, fearfully, yet resigned. He's going to die. And he hears the angry mob. Something's going on. The angry mob in the distance. And suddenly, he hears his name, Barabbas, Barabbas. Now, he doesn't realize how his name is being spoken. 
You see, over here in the courtyard, Pilate has just asked a question. On Passover, they had a tradition that on Passover, now pause, we go back years before Passover in the Old Testament. What they did is they had two goats. One would be killed, one would be set free. And so the one that would be killed represented sins, atoning, someone had to die. Innocent would die. Yet one goat, the hands would be laid upon, so you would lay your hands on this one, the death representing your sins, death and in this one, your sins have been washed away, and it, would, and it would be released into the wilderness. One died, the other ran. So that custom carried through year after year after year. So Pilate's aware of the Jewish custom. It's not his custom. He's Roman. But he's aware of the Jewish custom, and so he's appeasing the Jewish custom, and he is saying to them that there's custom to release a prisoner. To release a prisoner today. It typified what happened years before. You released a goat. You release a guilty person. There's custom here. He said, now, where he was going with this was release Jesus. That's where he's trying to go with this. So he asked the people, so who should I release today? And they cried out, the scripture we read, Barabbas, Barabbas, Barabbas. Now, over here, Barabbas is in jail. He hears his name. You imagine his heart just drops. Ugh. They're mad. <laughs> They're angry. Back over here. Pilate asked the second question, so what do I do with Jesus? What did they say? Crucify him. Crucify him. They screamed it with one voice. Crucify him. Barabbas is over here. He hears Barabbas, 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 crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. So he hears the inevitable pounding of the soldiers coming to his cell. Is it fair to say? And whether they pull him out of a hole or there's a cell, they open it up and say, you're free to go. He deserved the cross, but he was freed. Jesus deserved freedom. He went to the cross. You see the picture of what happened in the Old Testament to the New Testament. One died. One lived. The one died innocent. Barabbas, who lived and walked out that day, guilty to the core. I want to use that because Barabbas almost went to the cross. And I'm going to say Wayne Lucas almost would go to his cross, meaning, meaning to die in my sins with no hope. If it weren't for Jesus, if it weren't for Jesus Christ, who truly is my salvation. There's a Scripture, probably the most quoted scripture, and I invite you, if you know it, to say it with me. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the story. There's no better verse, is there? That the picture is he gave his Son, that through my belief in him, I now am free. Almost it's my place to go to the place of death without any hope. But I don't have to because the way of salvation has been purchased for me. I would like to say Barabbas, when he got out of jail, turned his life over to Jesus. I would like to say that he became an evangelist in the early church. But to be honest, he disappears off history's pages. No one knows. None of us know. Historians don't know. 
Only he and Christ know. You see, he almost went to the cross. Wouldn't it have been such a waste if when he was given such a great chance that he used it? Because I think the greatest tragedy is eventually he will die. And if he dies without Christ, it was all in vain for him. There was, we were, a group of us were praying a couple weeks ago on Tuesday. And one of the people praying made this comment, and I wrote it down. I thought it was good. He was praying, for those so close to the cross, yet so far from Christ. I thought that was good. Prayed for those so close to the cross, yet so far from Christ. Christ means Messiah. And today, there are many, perhaps, who are very close to the cross today. We are, we are commemorating Good Friday. And yet the tragedy would be if it's still an almost day. Almost made that commitment personally to surrender my life to follow Jesus. I'm not in control. Jesus, take my sins, wash my sins away from me. It'd be a tragedy to almost do it. Almost. Close to the cross, yet far from Christ. So today, I want to pray with you. I want to pray. God, if you are in the place where you're making decisions, maybe not even salvation. If it's salvation, we will give a moment for that. But maybe it's just decisions in life. It's decisions in your marriage. It's decisions in your friends. It's in decisions in regarding your moral beliefs. You are making decisions and there's some almost going on. Would you this Good Friday make it a Good Friday where you make decisions for Christ? No more almost. Be all in. Be committed. Be decisive in those decisions for Christ. So Father in heaven, I pray. Invite the worship team to come at this time. Father in heaven, I pray. For everyone here, for every man, woman, and teenager and child here today, I pray for all those joining us on live stream. God, may today not be an almost day for us. Today, let today be a day we make a decision. I'm just going to ask as every head is bowed and eyes are closed, just here, would you just linger with me a moment? I'm going to ask because there might be a man or a woman or a son or daughter here today, and you are not, you've not made the commitment to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now hear me very clearly. It's not about being religious. It's not about having a denomination behind your name. That won't get you to heaven. It's about a personal invitation to you by our Lord that only you can accept it. Your parents can't accept it. No one can accept it. Nobody, your wife can't do it. Your husband can't do it. Pastor can't do it for you. This is, this is where it becomes personal. Your decision to follow Jesus Christ. What that means, Jesus would tell later. He said, if you want to follow me, you have to deny yourself. Meaning you have to say no to everything being about your life. You need to go the way of the cross of Christ. It's through the crucifixion of Christ. And then follow him. It's through acknowledging that he is Lord and Savior and confessing your sins, that you would lay them before him, asking his forgiveness of your sins, that you would live for him this day forward. If you're here this morning, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I just want to reverence this moment. But you're here this morning, and you have not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. Or maybe you have, and you have walked away from it. You've ignored it. You have not pursued him as Lord and Master. If you're here today, and you're saying, let's make this a good Friday. 
Let's not have an almost here today. Let's be decisive. If you are ready to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I would like to pray with you. It's a decision. It's a decision of faith. It's a decision of confession. If you would do that, we will pray together. And if that's you saying, Pastor, pray for me today. I want to make that invitation for Jesus Christ to be my Lord. And if that is you, would you lift your hand and I will pray for you. Very quickly, if there's anyone, we thank you, Lord. Praise your name. We praise your name. And again, anyone live stream as well. So let's just pray this prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you that God, you have given us so precious a gift. Your son, that he innocently would lay his life down for the guilty. Not 2,000 years ago, but even today, this day, April the 10th, or April the, no, April the 15th, April the 15th, 2022. This day, that's available for us. And so, Lord, I pray, hearts will be surrendered to you. No almost today. No almost Pilate. No almost Barabbas. Lord, it's a yes. We surrender all to you. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Aurora Cornerstone podcast. Remember to subscribe. For more information about our church and our ministries, visit auroracornerstone.ca.